Heartbreaking. 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 In the last month, that phrase has been heard over and over again on the streets of Penagraig, up and down the valley, amongst the rugby community much, much further afield, and in hundreds and hundreds of tributes on social media. It was a month ago that the heartbreaking news came of the sudden death at the age of just 17 of Logan Luca, the much-loved captain of Penagraig youth team. I didn't know Logan personally or his family, but I saw how, within hours, the community had come together to honour the life of the young player who, it was said, lived to play rugby and make people happy. Overnight, the gates at the club ground at Greig Park were covered in jerseys and scarves, flowers and banners, all in memory of Logan Luca. Logan was such a special person, his family said. He was the best son and brother, and we loved him so much. He was a true gentleman who tried to make everyone smile. Please, please, if anyone is struggling, please speak out, because we as a family are broken and we wouldn't want anyone else to go through what we are. The club Logan played for, devastated by the news, issued its own tribute. He was fearless on the field, would run at anything in his way, and would always get back up ready to go again at any stage of the game. Penagraig RFC will not be the same without him. The tributes being laid at the gates of the club only go to show the esteem in which he was held. And the messages of condolence, the cards, the flowers, kept coming, as did the donations in Logan's memory and to support his family in their loss, with a special fund, hashtag for Luca, set up to receive them. Penagraig was Logan's club, but the shock of the tragedy was felt deeply, far and wide. As the club itself said, rugby has local rivalries, but creates the biggest family bonds anyone can ever hope for. Icons of the game, Alan Wynne-Jones, Shane Williams, Logan's own hero, Jonathan Davis, sent moving video messages. And time and again, the burden of those messages was the same. Check in on each other. You don't know how much it means to know that people care. Check in on people. Be kind and never be afraid to talk. Eventually, two weeks later, Logan's team, Penagraig Youth, came bravely together for their first match since his death. From their changing room before the game, they posted a video, perhaps the most moving tribute of all. The whole team, young boys, young men, standing, kitted out and ready to play, arms around each other's shoulders. Two of them cradling a club photo of Logan, their captain, in his Penagraig shirt. All of them singing their hearts out with the team song, Stand By Me. Yes, they stood together, and they won the game too, something I'm sure Logan would have loved. On the Saturday before Logan's funeral, the club organised a walk in his memory, a walk the whole length of the Ronda, from Penagraig to Penpich, where they laid a flag for Logan and took a moment to reflect before making their way back down the valley and home. For those who took part, every step, I'm sure, was bittersweet. Every footfall a painful reminder of loss, but a reminder too of the delight that Logan took in the game he loved. Rugby is a sport now played enthusiastically and skillfully by both sexes, and that's wonderful and just as it should be. Back in my day, 
it was seen as a man's domain. The Penagrig matches I watched as a teenager were occasionally lit up by moments of backplay, as brilliant as the Grig Park floodlights. Moments that revealed the beauty of the game rather than the brute force involved. The high-speed ballet of the sidestep, the long, long arc of a torpedo kick that sent the ball spinning half the length of the pitch to touch. The steam that rose like incense from the two scrummaging packs on a freezing winter's night. But it was the strength and power of those rutting forwards that usually prevailed. Rugby was a macho game. Showing any form of weakness was frowned on, or worse, mocked. That's why it was shocking as well as liberating in the golden era of the 1970s, when stories began to emerge that the great Ray Gravel, one of the toughest and most uncompromising internationals ever to play for Wales in Logan's position of centre three-quarter, Ray approached each and every game in a state of deep emotional need for reassurance. Rugby has come a long way since then. It's more tolerant now of difference and vulnerability and more understanding that mental health is as real a factor in our well-being as a well-toned body. Not long before this tragedy, Penagrig RFC had shared on its Facebook page a social media campaign under the hashtag It's okay not to be okay. Someone missing from training, it asked. Quiet in the changing rooms, no longer staying after the game. Ask them if they're okay. Ask them twice. The response to Logan's death, stressing the need to stand together, to check in with each other, to be kind, to seek counsel and advice, shows a kind of emotional maturity that will be a massive source of strength for his teammates as they continue to try to come to terms with their loss. From outside the family circle, it's hard to know what to say when the loss of a young man of such talent and such vitality is still so raw. The temptation is to remain silent rather than risking saying something indelicate. But I've found that trying to say something is almost always the right thing, that those who mourn are ready to accept our stumbling words in the spirit in which we're reaching out to them. We are broken, is how Logan's family has put it, and it must feel like that. But if I may say so, it seems to me that they aren't defeated, not entirely, because even in the throes of terrible anguish, they've had the strength, the grace, the selflessness to consider not only themselves, but others too. Their brief, dignified message speaks volumes for Logan and for them. If anyone is struggling, they say, please speak out, because we wouldn't want anyone else to go through what we are. None of that is to diminish what all those who knew and loved Logan are suffering, and have still to suffer. Grief is a strange and mysterious thing. Back in the 1980s, I made a BBC documentary in Hungerford, the Berkshire market town, which had suffered Britain's first mass shooting of modern times. Invited by some brave souls who wanted the world to understand what they were going through, we filmed in the grieving community over the course of a year, observing and sharing in the process of bereavement. I'll never forget the final interview we did, 
with a woman whose partner had been murdered, leaving her with a baby, just weeks old. I can see, she said, a twelve-month on, that in that awful phrase, there is light at the end of the tunnel. But how far through the tunnel I am, I don't know. Sometimes it feels like I'm halfway through, two-thirds even. The next day, I can be right back at the beginning again. There's no logic to grief, no smooth path to recovery, no timetable our hearts can or should follow. All I hold on to is something I was told by a close friend of mine who lost her husband far, far too young. Where there's great love and someone dies, she said, there's great loss. The loss and the love go together, the one is bound up in the other. In the end, we must hope and trust that for Logan, for his family and friends and all who loved him, for the club he gave his heart and soul playing for, for the whole valley, the love will one day outlive the loss. I'm John Geraint Roberts. This episode of John on the Ronda is for Luca.